0: It's the JT The Brick Show.
1: 39-yard field goal for Carlson, set up on the right hash. Good snap, solid hold. Field goal is up, and that is good.
0: Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio.
1: Crowd into it. Wilson lifts the right leg, gets the ball. They bring the blitz off the edge, and they get to him. Nate
0: Hobbs coming
1: around the left side.
0: Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years.
2: 35, racing to the 20,
0: 10, touchdown Raiders! And now, here's J.T. Brick.
2: J.T. with you, thanks for coming back. Brought to you by Resorts World, introducing the brand new Golden Monkey Tiki Lounge at Resorts World, the ultimate tropical getaway. Enjoy their delicious island-inspired cocktails, soak up the lively atmosphere, local specials, local, local. Buy one, get one free every night from 8 p.m. till midnight, Check out the new Golden Monkey Tiki Lounge and experience the ultimate tropical getaway located near the Hilton Lobby. Also, be sure to download the Resorts World Las Vegas sports betting app to place your bets anywhere in Nevada. You know, we do Monday Night Football at Resorts World. They have an amazing app. Just download it. It's the Resorts World Las Vegas sports betting app. I think you're going to love it. It's easy to navigate. If you want to go to the Doghouse Saloon, watch the games there with me. It's a great experience, and the sports book is right there at Doghouse, so you don't have to walk far to place your bet. and then the rest of the property is off the charts, as you know. Resorts World, proud, proud partner of our show, Scott Sabella's vision of how to do sports in Vegas at the premier hotel property on the Strip. There's a lot going on here today. So the Raiders have a game coming up against the Rams, Stetson Bennett, Aiden O'Connell, whoever's going to play, whoever wants to play, go ahead and play. Don't get hurt. Win the game, lose the game. I'm fine with all of that. But I will tell you this much. If you're going to be a Raider fan, you're, not, you're going to have to wait a long time to see the Raiders play again. They're not playing until the third week of the season, Sunday night football. So listen to the broadcast on Raider Nation Radio. Watch it on Fox 5. And let's keep the momentum going and get some good momentum coming off that first game. And I thought the added energy of beating the Niners, a lot of Niner fans in the building. Niners didn't show up for the practices. I don't think they played at their best. It didn't look to me like it was a business trip for them. They were just going through the motions. Raiders can't afford to go through the motions. They played really hard. So we got a lot to get to. Ross Ricks, kind of come on now. We'll get him up here now on Raider Nation Radio before Johnny Kotz. Go ahead.
1: JT, what's happening, my friend?
2: How are you, buddy? Let's talk golf. I know you got some golf events coming up here between the Raiders and some opponents. I love that. Tell us about it.
1: Well, week one, we're starting off in Denver, and we got the Raider Nation Golf Club taking on the Orange Crush Golf Club in match play with a uh, trophy at stake we've dubbed the Alzado Cup. Wow. In honor of the the great Lyle Alzado.
2: How cool is that? So it's going to be Raiders versus Broncos in Denver, with the Lyle Sato Cup on the line. That's a great idea.
1: Thank you, man. We've been working hard at it. We're going to be uh, there Friday, 3 o'clock shotgun at Thorn Creek out in
0: Thornton. Mm-hmm.
1: And then week three for the home opener that you were just talking about. Right. On Saturday, we're at Arroyo. Um, great course out yeah. there. And we're playing against the Seal Curtain Golf Club. We've already got uh, Calvin Sweeney and Mel Blunt confirmed for the, for the Sealers. We have Ira Matthews, Mike Haynes. You're coming out to join yep. us. We've got a lot of great guys out there that day, and it's going to be a blast.
2: You know, it's great that Mel Blunt's coming. I mean, there's a lot of great players, but he's one of the premier players in NFL history to have Mel Blunt and Mike Haynes playing. So, how do, how do golf fans come out and watch, and how do golf uh, players want to sign up here and be a part of this? What do we
1: have to do? Just go to the uh, Raider Nation Golf Club or Alpha Raider HB on Instagram. You can reach me there. You're also welcome just to reach out directly and call me, 714-846-7060. And we're having a scramble format as well going on for all the hackers. So, you know, you don't even have to be good at golf. We're basically a drinking club with a bad golf habit, and all are welcome. So I'm
2: looking at it right here, Raider Nation Golf RaiderNationGolfClub.com. Everybody, the information's right here in front of me. Uh, how to be a part of it. Great website, so I'll send everybody there, and I'm happy to be a part of that Steelers match, and it's also sponsored by one of our partners, Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. Good to see you out with Charles last weekend.
1: Oh, it's such a blast, man. We, uh, Charles is just doing so great with the mm. brand. The fact that he's made the partnership with the Raiders and Allegiant is amazing,
0: mm. and
1: he's just been a great supporter for us this whole way through. Um, the alumni events, everything, and the Win Club was just first-class, awesome, awesome time.
2: Great, my friend. Uh, Stay in touch. I'll make sure I promote this. Look forward to playing with you.
0: I appreciate you, JT. Keep up the good work.
1: You got it.
2: Ross, Checking in. Go to RaiderNationGolfClub.com. That sounds fun. I'm going to play in that one against the Steelers. Looking forward to that. Jump on in with us. Go to the site. I'm thrilled to talk to Johnny Katz. It's been a while. The great entertainment reporter in town, all about town, and uh, Katz joins us after I saw you up there in the press box. That was a Pretty packed press box with the Niners in town. A lot, lot more media than I remember at a preseason game. How'd you say
3: it? <laughs> I thought that. I thought that about the whole stadium. Actually, yeah, it would have had a regular season kind of feel all around the you know, the venue. You know, with everything from the, the way the crowd was and
0: and where we were. You know, the
3: interest in the game. And uh, you know, you got you have a, a, a couple of uh, a big name franchises going after each other with a lot of storylines. And, and for both both teams. So yeah, it was a it was a pretty exciting day for for a preseason lid lifter, that's for sure. Yeah,
2: and I think the Raider fans, and they know Niner fans, are going to come in in abundance. It's a very close trip. Cheap trip, Mm -hmm. either drive or fly there. Uh, John Kay of Steppenwolf. John Kay performed Born to be Wild. I loved it because, you know, the demographic of a Raider fan, you had a lot of older alumni in town. They were rocking down at the Winfield Club. And a lot of fans stayed in their seats. Once again, the Raiders putting on halftime entertainment, pregame entertainment, second to none.
3: Yeah, if there's ever an on-brand song, <laughs> an yeah. on-brand message, there you have it. John Kane, Steppenwolf, yeah, song still uh, still gets you going, yeah. It was a great call to, to start the season.
2: No doubt about it. And the Raiders looked pretty good. I know you were tweeting about it. Aiden O'Connell came in. I thought he had probably the best weekend of young quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, in all of football with his numbers, and he got in and out of the huddle, made a lot of good throws. A lot of Raider fans are pretty excited about the young quarterbacks' performance
3: out of Purdue. Yeah, he looked, he looked confident. Yeah, you know, he and that's did. the thing. You know, yeah, that's the thing you want more than anything is just you, you want to feel like you look like you belong out there. And even, you know, I go back to last preseason when I've been watching the uh, the 49ers with Brock Purdy. He won the job because he had poise. You know, he, had, he wasn't fumbling snaps and, you know, looking confused back there. So, yeah, I thought it was, a, you know, there's a lot for the for Raider fans to take away. It's a lot, you know, obviously a lot to be determined. But uh, there's a lot of talent on that squad. There's no question about that.
2: John, yep. John Catsalamitas joins us from the RJ. So I wanted to have you on to talk about Virgin and there's some new management there now. Tell us about that because you and I spend a lot of time there. We got a lot of friends. On property, mm-hmm. and we want it to work, and that's where my DNA was from the Center Bar. If there was a mm-hmm. Center Bar Hall of Fame, you and I would be in the Center <laughs> Bar Hall of Fame back in the day. But I like the news here, something positive, because I know a lot of people want to go back and revisit the property here under new management. Tell me,
3: well, yeah, the Center Bar Hall of Fame is might actually be a thing. You know, it might not <laughs> just be an idea. You know, we go back, you know, yes. to the '90s when that place was popping, and there, there's a great deal of nostalgia. And, and not just, you know, whimsical, but that, that was a very big business generator in the middle of that hotel. And the per, one person who knows it is the new president of the hotel, Cliff Atkinson. Now, he, you know, he's been around Las Vegas a long time. And I met him at Mandarin Oriental when he was running the, the resort there. He was at uh, the Luxor for a time as well, and for a while at uh, Fountain Blue during their early development. And he knows the city. And he knows uh, the people who make the city run. And when I talked to him um, last week, we did a uh, walk around the hotel. And uh, that was one of the things that we were talking about was the return of the center bar. He wants to do it. We went right into that dome. You know, the dome Mm -hmm. is still there, folks, where it was before. Uh, That was over the top of the center bar in the days of the Hard Rock Hotel, where you had that acoustic effect where you could hear the person next to you Mm -hmm. or across from you like they were next to you. That's still there. There's just no bar there. So I think that's one area that Cliff is going to, uh, you know, really investigate, and uh, he's got some innovative ideas for how to um, structure kind of residency entertainment in the uh, theater, the old joint now the Virgin, the theater at Virgin Hotels. There's going to be an adult production coming into 24 Oxford that I'm I'm kind of interested in. I'm mm-hmm. I'm hearing something about a topless show moving into that space. Uh, the Body English Room is going to be activated. Nice. Magic Mike Live most recently, you know. And I asked how many times we get to open this. <laughs> this, venue, this will be the third or fourth for me, opening something there. That's got unique architecture. The place is good. its beautiful. They just need to have a, uh, I think they just need to coalesce their message around the Virgin. they got great food you know we were uh, you know at the ho- at the hotel's uh, uh restaurants a lot we know Johnny O'Donnell you know sure. he's a, he's a, the, an ambassador for the one steakhouse there and and brings me in you know i mean i go there to see him and hang there and um yeah i think that the i think that there's a lot of positive energy coming around that hotel they did a great mm-hmm. job uh, aesthetically of rebuilding it. now they just need to have some kind of overarching common uh thread message in there
2: Johnny Katz Jones us. Cliff's got a great reputation of bringing people together. He knows the town at other properties. And I think there are a lot of people, I just speak for myself and my wife, that we want to find more reasons to go back to Virgin Hotels. They've been a proud partner of mine for other groups of management before this new group coming in now and this new president. I'm excited because it's a word-of-mouth property. When people start going back totally. and having fun and it's filling up more, I still pound for pound when I go inside the theater, the former joint there. I have went to some of the best concerts of my life there. The Rolling Stones topped it all. You go into that mm-hmm, venue, they even mm-hmm. put more money into it. The acoustics are great, and when you leave a concert... At the theater you want to stay on the property and go to the restaurants and I think the center bar will be a good pull again we know JoD at one stake he has a big pull over there people want to stay on the property instead of walking to the cab stand and to the ride share. they want to stay at virgin formerly the hard rock because so many memories were made there
3: yeah this is a this is their chance to really you know take it to the you know do another step um, mm-hmm. after that rebrand. And I think uh, they're, they're looking at the Formula One week as a way to really message out there. They've got the, East, the Harman uh, grandstand. And I think Richard Branson, Sir Richard Branson, is going to be in town for that. He's a lightning rod for attention. So I think that, the you know, Cliffs work, this is our re coming out party, you know, our, our re establishment. Mm-hmm. Uh, event. And uh, F1 is very important to the, uh, to the Virgin. So we'll see. You know, I, right now, you know, Cliff is the kind of guy he'll walk the property. He, one thing he did, we're out on the pool deck, you know, mm-hmm. overlooking that great pool deck. And he said, you know, this is the opportunity of a lifetime, he said. And he, he said it. And then he turned around, and we were walking back inside, and he picked up a cigarette butt, out, like the only cigarette butt on the whole pool deck he found. He, he picked it up and goes, this is why you walk the property. <laughs> he threw it away. <laughs> he knows the mm-hmm. top to bottom. You know, he knows that. And he talks to the employees. He talks to the customers. I like it. I like what I'm hearing out of it right Great.
2: now. Johnny Katz is our guest as we wrap it up. Tell me more about F1. And the people that know that the sphere is open and they're just looking on their Instagram or Facebook and every day they're seeing something from the sphere and they're blown away by it. I know the F1 is going to come in a monster tsunami wave here very quickly with the paddock being finished and some of the locations. But I bump into people and they're like, hey, they're going to build bleachers here. They don't want us here. They don't want us to be able to look in. I don't know where to get tickets. I find a level, not confusion from F1 because they deal with such a global brand. But I know a lot Mm -hmm. of locals in town that I talk to are not familiar about what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and how locals can be involved with this
3: you know that's and that that messaging is is uh, you know to to be uh mm-hmm. uh verified really i mean yeah. i don't i don't really know either as a as a resident of las vegas how i would you know access the race live and i don't think it's for the locals. You know, I think it's for an international audience primarily. And, uh, in, the, in these packages you see are for people who are traveling into Las Vegas, you know, I've talked to a lot of people who live here and say they're going to get out of Dodge when they have one's here. You know, it makes as mm-hmm. much sense as staying around and watching it on, on, uh, TV or, you know, in a, at a party. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, there's a lot to be, uh, learned. And mm-hmm. I think this first race is going to be the one where this is, you know, where, there's going to be a very interesting postmortem after this when you have everything operating you look at how vip's are going to be taken from places like uh Venetian mm. and the Wynn in golf carts to uh the paddock area and and dropped right at the at the uh, Tuscany in their south parking lot now that is these are vip's you know these mm. are rich people they're used to <laughs> you know being catered to, they spend a lot of money to be here. And if you're talking about them riding in golf carts to go to their uh, to the center of this race, I, yeah. I, I hope they're uh, I hope they're happy with that. You I know, hope, I hope, I hope they know no, what they're getting into. I hope there's
2: you no know? dust and dresses. A lot of women I don't want to be on a no golf course to... with makeup and hair and a dress. <laughs> I can promise you to go to F1 and this.
3: <laughs> we need, and and the, what's going to hold up, brother? Absolutely.
2: Yeah. And finally, with the Super Bowl coming right behind that. As the Super Bowl host committee does a nice job, we know multiple people on this group, what's going to happen is we're going to come out of F1, everybody's going to clean it up, everyone's going to leave town, and then bam, we're going to be out of November into December, and then the Super Bowl push is really going to be coming at an alarming rate. I know you're excited about that, from talking to Mark Davis to talking to the commissioner when he comes out here. This is a big deal. I think the Super Bowl is going to jump on us very quickly right after F1 and right after U2 and the opening of the Sphere
3: yeah the next six months are going to be insane, yeah let's just face it. we're a festival ground for the next well, we have been kind of in development a festival ground as it is, especially on the strip um yeah i I think that uh <laughs> Las Vegas is going to be put to the test two times with an international event and with our biggest uh, you know s- national sporting event back to back. You know I don't think any city's ever seen anything like this. I'm I'm uh, more confident actually in the Super Bowl prep than I am F1 just because this has been done. We've had uh, an existing relationship with the NFL for events already, and um, you know it's in a dedicated place and you know, the game happens in this one facility and uh, everything's around that it's not spread out over you know several miles so uh at least the game itself i don't know i think uh it's just going to be crazy and i think everything i think there's going to be a great deal of conversation in uh at the end of february about what we've been through in las vegas leading up to that with the with f1 the sphere and the Super Bowl, you know, there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of logistics, there's going to be a lot of was this worth it, and, uh, and, and uh, a lot of conversation about how to make it better going forward.
2: Thank you, my friend. Great update on Virgin again, what's going to happen, maybe the new Center Bar and the relaunch of that on top of everything that's happening. Any concerts I need to know about, anything big, big? I saw you talk about Post Malone, and I know Madonna kind of came through your Is column it? here. What's big, yeah. big, big that's being surfaced and coming about?
3: Beyonce at the at Allegiant mm. Stadium, two yeah. shows at the end of this month. That's that's a major one. Uh, I'm interested in Post Malone because I think that you know the New mm. Year's Eve shows at, at uh, Fountain Blue that I think are going to be formally announced within you know within a couple of weeks and on sale next month. I think that's a big deal because he's a he's a younger artist who's in his commercial peak right mm-hmm. now, and I think there's going to be more from him. Um, I'm kinda, I'm interested in that. We just announced you know Shania Twain is coming back to Planet Hollywood. Uh, you know, for a series next year That's going to be uh, very popular um,
1: mm-hmm.
3: You know, that's her third run You know, those are the, the ones That kind of stand out Right now, Madonna is doing March 1st and 2nd at T-Mobile Arena Not doing her uh, Grand Garden Arena Date that was, okay. that was uh, postponed Because of her health You know, international superstar I'm interested in how she sells mm-hmm. You know, uh, she's doing dates All over the country And resetting her, her tour, her celebration tour Which is going to be a hits tour That's going to help her right. To be hits um, you know, the world comes here. But I think the big this month is by Beyonce at the end of the month. That's yeah. going to be, it's going to generate a lot of coverage.
2: All right. Great seeing you at the Raider game, buddy. Talk to you in a couple of weeks. You too, brother. All right. That's Johnny Katz, John Katz Lamitas from the Review Journal. We have him on often because it's tough to keep up with the entertainment in this town. And what he said, big takeaway for me in that interview is what this town's going to look like after the Super Bowl. When we look back in February, days after the Super Bowl, and say, Super Bowl, F1, and the launch of the Sphere, all from October to the second week of February, that will probably be the most active Las Vegas has ever been since the first shovel was ever put in the sand out here.
4: Well, let's just throw another cherry on the top, shall we? Mm-hmm. Because two things, one thing you guys forgot... National Final Rodeo in December.
2: Yep, we talk about the NFR. The the,
4: the whole town goes country for eight days.
2: They do. That's a big event in this town. Las Vegas events and our friends and everybody puts together huge events in this town. Incredible. I like the music. When people always ask me what I do out here, I wait for concerts. I don't go to shows. I don't. I'll go see some show, a search show. I love Beatles love. All the years of Beatles love. But I wait for concerts. My wife and I wait for concerts. And then we go big. And we like big concerts. I also love going to the Brooklyn Bowl to see anything from Bluegrass to smaller entertainers on the way up. I love it there. You T-Mobile, boxing, UFC, we get that. But what's about to happen in this town, what's about to happen in this town, will shut everybody up in the history of Vegas about us being the sports and entertainment capital of the world. It's over. After the Super Bowl and F1. There'll be no arguments. Well, Miami's good. L.A.'s good. Stop. Stop L.A. People in L.A., half of them don't even care about sports in L.A. Half of them don't care about sports. And I'm not saying that Vegas is this vibrant sports town either. But we're going to have the big events. Big Ten Conference Championship here. We're going to have kickoff classics. My buddy John Cicente, very busy on bringing bigger college football games to this market. And then we have the reigning champs, the Stanley Cup champs. The Vegas Golden Knights. Everything I hear about Coach Odom and UNLV football is good, and we pull for Kevin Kruger all the time. Lon Kruger, Kevin Kruger. We want UNLV basketball to do very well here. So that's Johnny Katz. We appreciate him coming on. Travis Rogers at the bottom of the hour. He's got the Locked On podcast for the Rams. Want to ask him a little bit about this game coming up here in LA? Do the Rams even care about these games overall as we continue, as we look around? At the Rams, they popped in, won a Super Bowl. Looks like they're popping out for a few years. Do you like that, Raider Nation? Would you be all into the Rams plan? Because that's not the plan of Dave Ziegler. Dave Ziegler wants a plan for this team to be sustainable for a long period of time. That's the plan, and I've been telling you about the plan. And I hope you understand the plan, but it's got to get going now.
1: Under center, steps back, throws the fade, back shoulder, Cooper Cup's got it! Cooper Cup brings it in! Touchdown! Touchdown! Touchdown LA! With 125 remaining, the Rams are back on the high side. 15 plays, 79 yards, Matthew Stafford's done it again.
2: It's Rams Radio on the call. JT, we're heading out to L.A. Haven't been to L.A. in a while. Didn't go to a Dodger game this year. Didn't go to Anaheim. Hosted uh, two runs of the Jim Rome Show. I was out in Costa Mesa, California, but not L.A. Raiders are coming out, and Raiders are going out now for this week for the joint practices. And the joint practices are really important to Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. Very important, these practices, because you get a lot more done at practice than you do in the games. We saw that with the 49ers. Great to catch up with Travis Rogers. What a great show on 710 ESPN, ESPNLA.com, host of Locked On Rams. Trav, good to talk to you again. Hope everything's going well for you and the family.
0: Everything is great, JT. Good to hear your voice. Great to hear you. This is
2: an interesting setup. You know, Raider fans love to go to games at SoFi. They feel like they can get tickets. It's hard in Vegas. It's expensive here. But preseason games aren't as important as these joint practices that I think McVay and Josh McDaniels really want to get a lot out of.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. I think that this is far more important than the game that they're going to play on Saturday, I think you know, you'll you get a little bit of information out of those games, but I, I couldn't agree more. The practices are where you're, you're really going to see it, because you're going to see the ones on the ones. You're going to see Aaron Donald. You're going to see Matthew Stafford. You, you know, you're probably not going to see Cooper Cup in these. He's still dealing with that hamstring injury he has, but this is this, this is far more important, I think, to get the works of the guys that are going to be the backbone of this team, and there's not a ton of guys that fall into that category for the Rams, but. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm I'm far more interested in the practices than what happens on Saturday.
2: Travis Rogers joins us. How much does Stafford have? Because we got Jimmy Garoppolo here, and Jimmy's completely healthy. And when he's healthy, he wins 70% of his games. He's won four playoff games. Stafford lost a lot of games in Detroit, but when he was healthy with the Rams, he won the Super Bowl. And he was Mm -hmm. great down the stretch here. But that's the top of the mountaintop. He's He's been there. He's done that now. Now the journey to stay healthy and practice every day and keep his body fresh How's that going with him?
0: So far, so good. He said the other day that this is as good as he's felt since he got to L.A. And considering that they've won the Super Bowl his first year here, I'm pretty excited to hear that. He, last year was such a bust, JT. Mm-hmm. The, the, whole, the whole thing was from the jump, from the, the second that the Super Bowl ended until – last season ended. Nothing went right. He didn't work out with the team during the offseason. He wasn't able to throw. He wasn't able to work out with Allen Robinson. He got hurt early in the season. The offensive line was terrible. Cam Akers got sent home. Just the whole thing was a tire fire and that he's come in and been able to work with guys, been able to be healthy. His elbow was good. His head, his, his spinal contusion, all of these things are cleared up and, and I was watching the camp the last few days uh, before they broke to go back to Thousand Oaks. He looked great. He looked like Matthew Stafford from that Super Bowl season who, to hear him tell it wasn't even at 100%. So, look, if the Rams are going to win games, he's going to have to not only be healthy, he's going to have to be fantastic. I think they're going to have an interesting season. But so far, so good for him. What I've seen, he looks terrific.
4: Travis
2: Rogers, 710 ESPN. Tell us about Stenson Bennett. We know what he did at Georgia with the back-to-back national championships. He was a, he was great, and that wasn't a guy just managing games. He made big throws in big games against Alabama in conference on the road and then going through the playoffs. He's made every throw you need to make. But people mocked him about his age and his size and all that. Looks good to me so far, and I'm hearing he's doing well in practice.
0: So I, I, I interviewed him, I guess it was a week ago yesterday, mm-hmm. when we were out of practice. He's a little dude. Like, mm. he is not a big man. He is not tall. He is not particularly thick. He's, you know, on, on, on the, the thin side. And I was skeptical. You know, when, when, when I saw him with my own eyes, I'm like, okay, this, you don't see a lot of guys that look and are built like this thrive in the NFL, much less at that position. Then I watched him play on Saturday night. He looked damn good. Yeah. He got off to a, a slow start, and he nearly threw two interceptions on his first three passes. He's kind of like, oh, boy, what do, what do we got here? But the thing that was most exciting for me was, after that, he was really good. And he looked really comfortable. You could tell he was learning from the mistakes that he made. He can move his feet. He's pretty good at avoiding pressure. He's pretty good at avoiding getting hit. And he didn't look scared. You know, when, when I see a guy, and maybe it's the fact that he's a lot older than your typical rookie, and maybe it's the fact that he played in two championship uh, teams at Georgia, but he's a comfortable guy for a rookie. and He's not scared. And, uh, you know, I, for preseason, I don't know about you, Brick, but for me, I'm only looking at things that make you go, oh, no, can this guy not play at all? And I didn't see it. He looked comfortable. It is the preseason. Take it for what it's worth. But – I'm excited to see more for him. I, I'm as high on him as I've been at any point since they drafted him.
2: Travis Rogers joins us. I'll tell you, Trav, we know how good Aaron Donald is. you got to see what Max Crosby's doing. I mean, this mm. guy went from – this guy's at next level. He wants to be the very best at his position. And, you know, the Raiders have a pretty good pass rush if everybody's healthy. they got Tyree Wilson to come in, seventh pick overall. Chandler Jones, who started slow last year, hopefully he's got something left. And If the Raiders can get a pass rush, they rebuilt their secondary with Marcus Peters. They got Epps at safety. He played at Philadelphia all 17 games in the Super Bowl. So the mm-hmm. Raiders feel pretty good that their defense isn't going to get chewed up like it has the last couple of years. What's the perception of Max Crosby in Los Angeles?
0: So, you know, he, he's one of those guys that when he's on the field, you know, when they came in to, to Los Angeles last year, I remember, okay, you, you need to know where he is at all times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you need to know where Aaron Donald is at all times, right? there. There's a handful of guys in this league that even if the team might not be having a great deal of success, even if the team might have some holes other places that you need to be aware of where they are because they can really put something that you don't want to have happen on your quarterback. Crosby certainly falls into that category.
2: You know, the stadium's fascinating to me. It's gorgeous. It's Hughes, Taylor Swift, all those sellouts. <laughs> so last year we called that the Baker-Mayfield game. The Baker-Mayfield, uh-huh. all, the, all the Raiders needed was one knockdown ball or one more first <laughs> down when they're up 16-3. to three. So I'm in the suite section with some alumni, and I got to do the post game afterwards from the booth, and I looked at everyone and I said, I gotta go now because I had no idea to get from where I was to the press <laughs> box. Talk about the enormity and the footprint of that stadium. I've known you've been and uh, you've been there a number of times. Mm-hmm. Are you getting used to it? What jumps out at you, especially for people who've never been there before?
0: Okay, so I got three things for you. Mm-hmm. Number one, that when growing up here in Los Angeles, going to the forum was a big deal, right? Yeah. You get to go see the Showtime Lakers, you get to go see Wayne Gretzky and the Kings. It was a big deal to go to the forum. The Forum looks like a high school gym next to SoFi Stadium. And it's literally right across the street. And it just kind of speaks to how grand and massive the footprint of SoFi is. That's number one. Number two is every time I walk into that building, it feels like you're walking into a simulation. Like you've stepped into a real-life version of Madden. It is that clean. It is that crisp. Mm -hmm. It is that extraordinary that it doesn't feel real. It feels like it's almost computer-generated. Thirdly, what you asked, do I know where to go? Hell no. I, I know how to get from where I do my show. I know how to get to the press box. I know how to get back to where I do my postgame show. Other than that, it is like a rat in a maze. I have no idea where I am going, but I can't wait to go. Every time I walk in there, I, I cannot believe what I'm looking at. It is extraordinary.
2: Yeah, it is. Travis Rogers, as we wrap it up, ESPN LA. The other thing for me is when I we were coming into that footprint, and I saw where the new sta- uh, excuse me, where Bombers building the new Clipper Arena And we got T-Mobile out here, and we got Allegiant Stadium. You know the Spheres coming on. We got F1. There's a lot happening here in Vegas. But when I saw the size of that arena just for the Clippers, knowing that Taylor Swift can play those massive concerts, (laughs) Beyonce right there at SoFi, what is Ballmer going to do to keep that place full when there isn't a Clipper game going on there because the soccer stadiums around there are always full? How are they filling all these dates?
0: It's a great question because not only is SoFi new, you have whatever banking uh, partner is on the new LAFC stadium. Mm-hmm. They've renovated the Coliseum, the Rose Bowl's right up the road, Dodger Stadium, Angel Stadium, Honda Center. There are nothing but venues that can hold these things around town, uh, StubHub or whatever that is right now. I don't know because to your point, Rick, this thing is huge. It does not look like a basketball arena. Like Staples Center where the Kings and the uh, the Lakers and the Clippers have played previously – Looks like a basketball arena. It's about that size. It's not uh, unlike what you said with T-Mobile in Vegas. This thing looks like it's kind of halfway between a basketball arena and what they got going at SoFi. I don't know. Steve Ballmer's a lot smarter than me. I'm sure he's thought through what uh, what other acts come through there. Disney on Ice or something. I I have no idea. But it is a uh, it's a monster building and. The Clippers still have not really gained a ton of traction in this town,
3: so I don't know what they're going to do.
2: Travis, the Padres are 56 and 63 Mm -hmm. with that team, and Otani doesn't look to make the playoffs here either, and the Angels are 59 and 61. So you got Tatis, Machado, an all star team in San Diego, and Otani, another injury to Trout, and the Dodgers must be looking around going, We're good. Two teams in our market, relatively in our market, are not going to make the postseason, and every eyeball will in Southern California will go back to the Dodgers as usual.
0: Yeah, well, I was going to say, they're on them anyway, right? Yeah. If you flipped it and the Angels were running away with their division, and don't get me wrong, people are going to watch Shohei. I'm a Shohei fan, mm-hmm. but the Dodgers, are, the Dodgers and the Lakers are King Kong here, and there's really not even a close third. Um you know, the Dodgers kind of have a weird season this year because they're much better than I think a lot of people thought mm-hmm. they'd be. They're, they're a lot better considering all the injuries that they've had along the way. But I, it's just to, to see what's going on with Otani and the Angels. It's such a bummer because six years of him and Trout together and literally not one thing to show for it, and he's going to walk out the door at the end of the season. It, it, they should be ashamed of themselves for what they've done with that guy.
2: One follow-up. Your gut tells you where does he go. Where does Otani land?
0: Well, my gut is probably the same thing as my heart at this point, which is the Dodgers. Right. As a Dodger fan, I'd like to see him go there. I think it makes a ton of sense baseball-wise. I, the people that I've talked to, both inside the Dodgers and around Major League Baseball, lead me to believe that had there been a designated hitter in the National League when he came over originally, that's where he wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Um, the DH made it. There was more of an American League possibility. But um, I think he'll go there. I, I think if it's not there, it's probably San Francisco.
2: I would agree on that, too. Travis, I can't wait to see you over the hey, next couple of days. I'll be out there tomorrow, and thanks for doing this. It I, means a lot. Yeah.
0: Can, can I jump in real quick? i got to yeah. tell you one thing that you're going to get, I'm going to get. You're gutless. <laughs> you're gutless.
2: <laughs> Take care, buddy. I'll see you soon. Good talking to you, my Good friend. Good talking to you, Travis Rogers. Wow, our careers are intertwined. He was the executive producer for the Jim Rome Show for a long time. And then he decided to jump into radio and be a host. And he's been very successful. When you have a radio show in the number two media market in L.A., that's a big deal. And he's the pre- and post-game for the Rams. I'm the pre- and post-game for the Raiders. And we both started through the Jim Rohn portal, which is kind of interesting. And a lot of the people he works with at that station, I worked at with Fox Sports Radio for 17 years. So we know a lot of people there, and Travis is a good guy. I didn't know Otani was there six seasons. I would have guessed three or four. Of course, it's six, but it didn't feel like that. And that shows you about that Anaheim market. It just kind of disappears. Like, you don't pay attention to Anaheim when it comes to baseball. The Ducks, baseball, all the eyeballs go back to the Dodgers. And for the Rams, it's a really important topic for the Raiders. The Raiders, I don't think, would sell their soul for a Super Bowl. Maybe I'm wrong. Mark Davis wants to win a Super Bowl. Dave Ziggler's already won Super Bowls. Josh McDaniels won six. six. They want to sustain something. So did John Gruden. I've talked to all of them. Same thing. Same thing they've said when they took over these franchises. Mike Mayock, John Gruden, Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels. Different philosophies in drafting and how they want to build the infrastructure. I think that Dave Ziegler is probably a little bit better than Mike Mayock in regards to evaluation because of the success he had when he started through with Denver and then went to the Patriots. But they all want to beat Kansas City. That's the first step. If you can't match up with Kansas City, we're going nowhere. Nowhere. And then secondly, how do you build a team with young players who have control of their contracts, and you can put together a run, and Dave brings up Baltimore, Green Bay, Kansas City, New England. When they did that, there is a secret sauce to that, and I truly believe Dave Ziegler has that. I know he knows the equation to the math problem, and he can solve it, but you got to get lucky you got to draft people who are healthy and can play. You can't turn the ball over. You have to have good days after bad days. You have to build the organization. What I like about this team more so than last year, there's better players. No debate. There's better players. Period. Now, you could say Darren Waller's gone and Derek Carr's gone. Yeah, you're right. I think that's a wash with Jimmy G. Jimmy G's going to be a better system quarterback, and this is a system. And Waller's going to be great. I just don't know how healthy Darren's going to be in New York. He wasn't healthy here last year. Hunter Renthrows back. Jacoby Myers is an upgrade. Devontae's here. Josh Jacobs I plan on coming back and playing well. And then the defense, Epps on the back end of this defense is an upgrade from what we've seen. The cornerbacks, Marcus Peters, is an upgrade. The linebackers, I don't know. I was led to believe that Corey Littleton was going to be good and a guy by the name of Nick Kwiatkowski over the years, and they weren't. They weren't good at all. Now I'm led to believe that Divine Diablo and Robert Spillane are going to be the next guys ready to go. I think they will be a little bit better. I think Spillane is a baller. I think he's a tough physical guy. I don't know how he's going to do in drop back coverage or what they're going to do with him, but I know Patrick Graham is going to move Divine Diablo around and take advantage of his athletic skill set. 702 365 9200. Some wizardry by me, Bobby, trying to get the uh, book these guests last second, Travis. Got through to me, so we only get about 15 minutes to go. Get in line here. No one really participated with the topic of the day. What does Dave Ziegler have to get? The one position he needs to get when we cut from 90 to 53. You know how many football players are going to be on the street that day? Ooh, good football players that day all over it. I think Dave Ziegler's staff will be ahead of the curve on that. Qualified to win four tickets to an Aviators game, a shot at winning the weekly grand prize. Our last trip of the summer. Of fun is a five-day Caribbean cruise from Miami, including airfare to Miami. Or you can just take the 3000 cash. Take the trip or take the cash thanks to Gettle Air Conditioning and Plumbing. G-O-E-T-T-L will keep you cool, but it's hard to spell. Ninth caller uh, gets through to Bobby, and you'll have an opportunity to be qualified for the tickets and then hopefully get your name here and get lucky. and Get lucky and win. Be a nice trip. I wouldn't take the cash. I'd take the trip. But then again, after the water leak my wife found in our backyard connected to the pool, I might take the cash after what happened to me yesterday. Oh, when it rains, it pours, man. Every day you wake up and you say, I hope nothing breaks at this stage of my life.
3: Fourth and one
2: on the Raiders 39. Lance in the shotgun. Inside handoff. He came up short. He didn't get it. Right into the belly of the beast of the silver and black. Great stop there for the Raiders here on this play. And the Raiders are going to come off the field. I like calling a couple of those fourth down stops. That was fun for me. Because Lincoln Kennedy sniffed it out. Lincoln Kennedy was like, there's stuff in the box. And it was easy to say they didn't get it. They didn't get it. JT, back with you. Thanks for listening, everybody. We are brought to you by Raisin Cane's, the National Fried Chicken Festival's back. To celebrate, Raisin Cane's is giving three lucky winners a trip to enjoy the festival in New Orleans. From August 17th through August 30th, receive an entry code with every in-restaurant or online purchase. Visit raisincanes.com fcf 2023, and enter your code for a chance to win a VIP trip for two to the festival in New Orleans. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. One love. I'd love a trip to New Orleans. That'd be a lot of fun. Quiet day in the NFL. Tuesday nights, I get ready for Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks will be on. Reports are today Aaron Rodgers did not have a good practice. He was 8 for 20. He did not have a good practice today. And that's what, what it's like in New York. In New York, they report on bad practices, just like they do in San Francisco. They've been all over San Francisco Trey Lance. And they they count every pass that hits the ground, isn't thrown correctly. They put it out there and all the fans get worked up about it. All get worked up about it. No need to get worked up about anything in preseason other than injuries. Jimmy G has had a couple of off days. He's had a couple of really good days. The key to Jimmy Garoppolo is he played reasonably well in the joint practices against the 49ers. There were a couple of practices against the Raiders where he didn't look that good. And you tip your cap to the defense. But keep Jimmy G healthy. Get Michael Mayer healthy. Get Tyree Wilson healthy. Byron Young is healthy and back. Let's get these guys up and healthy. So after the Rams game, then the trip to Dallas will just be a quick little business trip. and a little time off before the season starts. G Money, right here in Las Vegas on 920. Go ahead.
0: I played it this weekend. Are you doing it all the time? I, I thought it sounded great.
2: Oh, thank you. I enjoyed it. I'm, not, I'm just doing it for the preseason. They moved our radio guy into the TV booth, Jason Horowitz. So I'm just stepping in his uh, seat for the three games and running helicopter on both broadcasts. Thank you, though.
0: I mean, I don't want to, you know, I, I think I, 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 the thing I liked about you is you got a local connection, and that's what, that's what uh, I don't know, people just can relate to you because they listen to you all the time and you're doing the play-by-play. I think you did an outstanding job. I think you should do it all the time, though. Thanks
2: a lot. Yeah, yeah, I'm not doing it all the time here. Uh, Jason Horowitz is the voice of the Raiders, but I appreciate the compliment. I liked it. I liked it a lot. You know, a lot of people ask me how, how come I haven't been doing it for a while because I wanted to be a talk show host. Talk show host was better for me and my family than running around the country doing play-by-play games. And to be the voice of the Raiders, even for a preseason game, a high honor. Very big honor and one of the bucket list moments of my career. No doubt. I was talking to Napoleon McCallum at the Raiders alumni event. We did a full season of the XFL. And that was fun, but it wasn't the NFL. And this game that I did was a preseason game. It wasn't a real NFL game. But it was a lot of fun, and I'm learning. And I'm going to try to get better, and I hope to have a better broadcast coming up this Saturday in L.A. Here comes Ryan Clement trying to quiet the crowd down. He's going to pitch it out to He Hate Me. He's got running room. He's in. Touchdown. He Hate Me. Rod Smart in Vegas goes up 6 nothing. Here come the fireworks. Wow, you still got the He Hate Me back there, Bobby. Man, the he hate me. That was He was a legit player, man. He hate me was a good player. No doubt about that. More from Josh McDaniels on the defense. Showed some pressure against the 49ers in that game at Allegiant Stadium. They brought, they brought speed. They were knocking down balls. They sacked the quarterback a few times.
4: Yeah, I mean, that's what we've been trying to work on it for, as you mentioned. And I thought we actually had more opportunities. We got our hands on more footballs than what we ended up coming up with, um, which, again, Until you start getting close, you know, it's hard to create them. So um, I thought the defense was, you know, really connected, you know, tonight for the most part and tried to make the windows as tight as they could. And uh, we were punching and stripping at the ball a little bit. So, um, you know, that's the way we want to play. And that's how we want to, you know, force the offense to, you know, drive the ball and and do it that way. Didn't give up a bunch of big plays, you know, which always gives you more opportunities. So, um, no, it's, you know, good complimentary football. Anytime you can turn it over and then turn those turnovers into points and be on a short field. Um, that's helpful
2: yeah the Tillman punch the peanut Tillman famous punch happened in that game which is a lot of fun I think Josh McDaniel's overall pretty happy with the improvement at least to practice in these joint scrimmages with the defense uh, Josh talked about the consistency something that he stresses all the time
4: yeah I, I think we I think we see a lot uh, I mean the schematic part of the game and and obviously a number of players on both sides didn't play in the game so um, that part is what it is but I think there's a lot that we can can be gained. You know, aside from that, you know, our operation tonight, you know, our substitutions our the effort we played with. I thought we ran to the football on defense. I thought we covered, you know, with some physicality in the kicking game. Um, I thought we started the game running the ball decent. You know, they were a tough team to run it against and we made some chunk plays. And so, I mean, I think they understand uh, the way we feel about playing and how we see winning. And I think you could see that on the sideline. I felt it on the sideline from a number of the guys that weren't playing, uh, just how locked into the situations they were, what the call was. There was a lot of conversations being had about, you know, you know, the call and the situation defensively, or you know what they were seeing on the field. So um, that's all you can ask for. You know, we have a, a group that I think is uh, again being led the right way by the leaders in the locker room, and you know we're practicing the way we want to practice and. Hopefully, we'll continue to try to improve.
2: This is school for these young players. This is school. You better be on your feet, standing, watching the play. You better not be screwing around on the sidelines in the only home preseason game. They got video cameras on every player, they have people keeping an eye on all that. You play for Josh McDaniels, your head better be in the game. And a guy who plays for him, O'Connell, the quarterback, I thought he played well, got all those reps. I don't know how many reps he's going to get. In L.A., he could play the whole game coming up here. I'd like to see a little bit of Brian Hoyer because he's the veteran backup quarterback. He might have to play, God forbid, if something happens to Jimmy G. But the reps for O'Connell were very important.
4: Brian and, and Jimmy really got a lot of work uh, this week. And I, I mentioned a number of times we were trying to kind of you know, look at it in three days here. And so uh, this was really kind of the vision you know that I had you know try to get – those guys a lot of work in practice, Um, you know, again, some guys that probably weren't going to play on their side of the ball also in the, in the, in the game. And then, um, you know, let Aiden have an opportunity to experience this for the first time. Uh, There was a lot of firsts today for him, you know, so, um, you know, his first play call first, you know, feeling pressure in the pocket, first two minute drive, first halftime, you know, all those things. So, um, you know, I thought he generally handled himself well for the first opportunity. Um, you know he's going to learn a lot from some of the things that we might have been able to, um, you know, do a little bit better that would have helped us maybe sustain a few drives. But that's that's why he was in there. So um, you know he just he's a sponge. He he soaks it all in and um, he'll take every opportunity to improve.
2: God, there's some bad baseball games tonight. White Sox Cubs. White Sox are 47 and 72. Angels Rangers. A's Cardinals is a dog. Tigers, Twins. Twins got a lot to play for. My Yankees, if they lose tonight, they're hundred, and I expect them to lose at the Braves. Mets and Pirates is unwatchable. Nationals, Red Sox, pretty unwatchable. Man, baseball's got some bad product out there. A couple of good teams, that's it. Dodgers, Atlanta, American League, the Orioles, Tampa Bay, a couple of teams here and there, but the rest of the sport, ooh, tough to watch some of these games. Good job by Bobby today. Thanks to our guest. Johnny Katz was fantastic. Jeff Sherman was able to join us. We appreciated that. And then Travis Rogers from the Rams broadcast. Cues on deck. Always with a great show. Have a great rest of the day, everybody.